the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through Isaiah. Real love is calling, listen, opens up your eyes. You need Jesus. If you don't know him already, you need Jesus. You need him for your life. Not only to forgive you of your sins, but that you might have his peace. I want to leave you with a new acronym for fear. Because this is going to be now what you and I will pray. The old acronym is future events appear real. Your new acronym is my father eternal almighty reigns. Everywhere we look, we see people without hope trying to find ways to change their lives. We turn to things such as medication, therapy, and self-help. But does it ever last? In today's message, Pastor Gary wants you to know that the only way to change your life with implications that last is through Christ. The more you try the world's remedies, the more disappointment you will experience. Transform your life and invest in eternity by accepting God's beautiful calling for your life. At the close of Pastor Gary's message today, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Cornerstone Connection. Subscribe to the podcast or get in touch with us. But for now, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of Isaiah chapter 41 as he continues his message, Don't Be Afraid. All of us should have a healthy fear of God. That's a good fear. That's not a bad fear. It's not the kind of fear that makes us want to run from God. It's a kind of fear that the Bible describes as something of supreme reverence and awesome respect for the supreme judge of the universe. And, and this is a healthy thing. This is the kind of thing that we should have in worship and reverence of a holy God. We should be in fear of the living God. Not scared of him, but this awesome reverence of his holiness. Psalm 111 verse 10 says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So that's a, that's a good thing, that we become, we become wiser to the degree that we really fear the Lord and have an awesome reverence of who he is. So that's a good kind of a fear. Another good kind of a fear is the kind of fear that God innately puts within us for our protection. There are some things we should be afraid of. In a good way. You know, you, you, should, you should be afraid of running across a busy highway. That's not a smart thing. So you should be, well, I, I'm afraid I'm going to get run over by a car. Yes, so don't do that. You know, you, you should be afraid to swim with sharks. It's not a wise thing to do for your protection. You, you have this instinctive thing now. I'm kind of afraid to play with rattlesnakes. I'm kind of afraid to dance with grizzly bears. Good. You should be. Those are the things that God puts in our hearts, which, by the way, is the reason why we as parents 
have to look out for our young children because they're not at an age yet where that good fear has matured. And so they, they are, you know, they have no inhibitions and, and that's why we have to warn them, hey, and we don't, we don't say be afraid of, but we, you know, don't get in cars with strangers, you know, but we're teaching them there's a good fear because for your own safety and protection, you shouldn't get in cars with strangers. You know, none of us should be, you know, in the, at 3 a.m. in the morning uh, down some dark alley of some major city. We should be afraid of that kind of thing because for our protection, it's not a wise thing to do. So not all fear is bad. There's the fear of the Lord, and then there's good fear that God gives us for our own protection. And then I need to also say this in passing because I don't want to lump everybody into one category. It's important to also realize that some fears are chemical. That, that scientists and the, the uh, medical professionals have actually discovered a couple of almond-sized uh, bundle of nerve fibers in the center of your brain called the amygdala that if disrupted, and sometimes it gets disrupted for unknown reasons, can create anxiety without any external uh, contributing factors. And so there are some people that the, the, the amygdala part of their brain is just, it's misfiring and they might need medication for that. There are legitimate anxiety disorders. It's, it's a medical thing. So that aside though, the majority of us, the majority of us, the kind of fear that we're talking about today, the kind that God wants to address in our lives are these impulsive reactions to life's circumstances that are often simply a reflection that we don't trust God. That's the kind of fear that God wants to address in our lives. Fear is an emotional response to something that is often unknown or sometimes even unrealistic. Sometimes it's not even real, but often it's imagined. And it can range, this kind of fear in our lives can have an effect on our lives, and it can range anywhere from something that's a distraction in our daily living to downright debilitating. And, and in fact, people have come up with acronyms for fear to remind us that sometimes it's not even you know, realistic, sometimes it's just imagine it's the worst of what could happen. And so they've made an acronym out of fear that it's really false events appear real. That there are some false events that appear real, and so therefore we start to become anxious and worried and, and, and afraid. Uh, by the way, I've got a new acronym for us by the end of our Bible study, but this is a common acronym. Some change the E for evidence, false evidence that appear real, whatever you might, uh, however you want, you might want to define the acronym. That's often what fear is. And news bulletin for Christians, fear is sin. Fear is sin. And the reason is because many times in the Bible, and we've read one of them right here in Isaiah 41 verse 10, God gives us a command, do not fear, do not be afraid. And whenever God gives a command and we don't do what God says, it's sin. So when God says over and over in the Bible, do not be afraid, and then he often accompanies it with a promise, because I'm with you and I'll help you, but nevertheless his command is do not be afraid, and we are still afraid, what it means is we're disobeying God. And so we're, we're sinning. Now, God will never tell us to do something or to not do something without also giving us the strength, the ability, the grace, or the power to comply. God never says do something or don't do something 
and he knows that it's impossible for us. Okay, that would be a, a contradiction of his character. So every time God commands us something, and here's one of the things he commands us, do not be afraid, implied within the command means he's going to give us the grace, the strength, the ability, or power to comply. So then that means it becomes my choice. I have the ability with God's strength, with God's power, with God's grace to trust him. But oftentimes when fearful things come along, I just choose not to. And thus it's disobedience. So we have to be aware of this as as Christians. Uh, David had his share of fear. On one occasion, you know, one of the things that tormented him for about 10 years was when King Saul of Israel, who was jealous of David because David was becoming a noticed warrior in Israel, King Saul tried to kill David on many occasions. And so for about 10 years of David's life, he ran and he hid from Saul because he was afraid. I mean, somebody has a hit on your life, you're going to naturally be afraid. And one of the occasions where David was afraid, he writes about it in Psalm chapter 56. Now, here's the background on chapter 56. It is believed that David wrote Psalm 56 and also Psalm 34 from the cave of Adullam because he's hiding in a cave. He's afraid. Saul's coming to kill him. And in Psalm 56, verse 3, David pens this. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. Whenever I am afraid... I will trust in you. And he just writes that as a prayer over and over again. And David had reason to be afraid, but he was no wimp either. I mean, this was the guy who, even before he became king, remember David in his youth, the Bible says, killed a lion and a bear with his own hands. And remember when he was a youth, he slew Goliath, the over nine foot giant of the Philistines. And then after he slew Goliath, with a single stone, of course, the Lord gave him the ability, the strength, and the power to do it. And, and the giant falls down. David goes, gets Goliath's own sword, and cuts off Goliath's head and holds Goliath's head like a trophy. So that's this guy. So no wimp. But this guy is now hiding in a cave afraid. Because even the best of warriors can sometimes be afraid. And David's was not some imaginary thing that he was afraid of, which is often what happens to us. We begin to imagine something that has, isn't even necessarily real or haven't even manifested itself, but we're afraid about it. David's fear was reality. There was someone who was trying to kill him, said so, was marching with his army to try to find this guy. He was in imminent danger. He knew it and he was afraid. And yet he turned his fears over to God. It was a real legitimate thing. But he said, I'm not going to be afraid. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. He goes on to write in the next verse, Psalm 56, 4, in God whose word I praise, in God I trust, I will not be afraid. What can mortal man do to me? It's like in the big scheme of things, God, I'm going to trust you. You're my protector. You're my provider. At the end of the day, what can mortal man do to me? I mean, what's the worst thing that could happen? I die and I go to be with you. I mean, in the big scheme of things, what can mortal man really do to me? And so David gives his fear to God. This mighty, valiant warrior who was a man's man, even at times, had fear himself. And he says, but whenever I'm afraid, I'm going to trust in you. Zach Williams, who's a a Christian um, artist, um, recently wrote a song called Fear is a Liar. And in the song, he personified fear 
like like it's Satan, because the reality is that Satan is the author of fear, not God. Everybody knows that, right? I mean, 1 John 4, 18 tells us that God does not give us the spirit of fear, but of, I'm sorry, um, that perfect love drives out fear, and God is perfect love, and so he is the antithesis of fear. Satan is the author of it, not God. And then 2 Timothy 1, 7, I got ahead of myself, but 2 Timothy 1, 7, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. So God wants to deliver us from fear. Satan wants to capitalize on it. And whenever we give way to fear, we give access to Satan in our lives. And whenever we give way to faith, we give God greater access in our lives. And it becomes a choice for us. Are we going to operate in faith or are we going to operate in fear? So Zach Williams wrote this song about fear as a liar, about how Satan is really the personification of fear. And so let me read some of the lyrics. When he told you, that is fear, when fear told you, Satan, that you're not good enough, when he told you you're not right, when he told you you're not strong enough to put up a good fight, when he told you you're not worthy, when he told you you're not loved, when he told you you're not beautiful, that you'll never be enough, fear, he is a liar. He will take your breath stop you in your steps. Fear, he is a liar. He will rob your rest, steal your happiness. And then in the song, he says, so cast your fear in the fire, cause fear, he is a liar. And when he told you you were troubled, you'll forever be alone. When he told you you should run away, you'll never find a home. When he told you you were dirty and you should be ashamed. When he told you you could be the one that grace could never change. Fear, he is a liar. And then he turns the song into a prayer. Lord, let your fire fall and cast out all my fears. Let your fire fall. Your love is all I feel. Let your fire fall and cast out all my fears. Cast your fear in the fire, cause fear he is a liar. And so Isaiah gives us here three good reasons why we should not be afraid. In these chapters, 41 and 43, Isaiah reminds us, do not be afraid. And here's what he uh, reminds us of in these chapters. So the first one is, number one, that God is with me. Back here in chapter 41, the first part of verse 10, he says it. So do not fear, for I am with you. Just underline that in your Bibles. I am with you. We need to be reminded that God is always with us. Well, we may not be able to see him, but he's our ever-present help. God is with us. And just by remembering and dwelling on that fact that he's with us, it'll help to calm our fears. You ever remember being a little kid and there was a bad thunderstorm in the middle of the night, woke you up out of your sleep, and all you see is, you know, the, 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 the lightning bolts lighting up your window and that you're hearing the sound of thunder? What was something that brought you comfort? You, you'd go into mom and dad's room and jump in bed with them. Just the idea that when you're with mom or dad, when you're with them, they're with you, it just brings comfort. And there's something important to remember about the fact that in our deepest fears and worries and anxieties, God is with us. God is always with us. When, when Moses... When his ministry was coming to an end and he, and he was told by God, pass it off to Joshua, your protege. Joshua's going to take the Hebrew people into the promised land. When Moses was 120 years old, he gave his final farewell speech to the Hebrew people in Deuteronomy chapter 31. 
And one of the things that he says to them, he basically says, I'm 120 now. I'm not going to be taking you into the promised land. Joshua is going to be taking them in, taking you in instead. And he says to them in Deuteronomy 31, verse 6, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified for the Lord, your God goes with you and he will never leave you nor forsake you. Boy, we need that reminder sometimes. When you feel all alone in the midst of your worry and fear and anxiety, God is with you. God is with you. Number two, Isaiah also reminds us that God will help me. In chapter 41, the latter part of verse 10, he says to us, Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God will help us. And how he chooses and what various forms and what means and methods to help us, that's up to God. But God is always faithful to help us. God will help us. It reminds me, when I was preparing my notes, it reminds me of this story. I've told this this story once before many years ago because it happened many years ago. But when our family was on vacation at the beach several years ago, the kids were still living at home. They were teenagers at the time. And we stopped at Dairy Queen, and we were getting some ice cream and some other food that they had uh, served there, and the service was horrible. I mean, we're just waiting and waiting and waiting. We just wanted a couple of, like, chili dogs and some ice cream. You know, how long can this take? And it's a long, long, long time. So I'm still standing up at the counter waiting for the order. I've already paid for it. I'm just waiting for it. My family had gone to sit outside, and one by one, they're coming in like, Dad, what's the holdup? I said, I don't know. I don't know. It's just terrible service here. And so one time, uh, Austin, our middle child, came in and was asking me, Dad, what's the holdup? Now, let me preface the remarks by saying, and I've said this to him, he's, you know, he's, he was the pastor announcement guy today, okay. And, um, and I've said this, he knows, it's a joke in our family, he's sitting on the front row over here. Sometimes, sometimes Austin can be a little blonde. <laughs> all right, now that, no offense to the blondes in the house, all right? Most of you aren't really anyway. Come on. And those of you who are won't get the story anyway. But anyhow, so just, uh, it's, it's all right. It's okay. But anyway, did he just insult me? No. Anyway, so I'm standing, I'm waiting for our food service. And so Austin comes in and he says, what's the holdup, dad? And the guy wait, who had been waiting on us was a teenage guy and he had his name tag on Sam. Sam. And so I just kind of turned my back to Sam and I said to Austin, I said, yeah, I don't know what's taking so long, but I'm sure, and I'm just being sarcastic, I'm sure Sam will help us. And Austin looked at me and he said, how do you know that guy's last name? (laughs) I don't don't know that guy's last name. Well, you just told me his last name. When did I tell you his last name? You just said his name is Sam Wilbus. Do you know anybody with the last name Willebus? I said, let me say this really, really slowly. Sam will help us. Oh. So, for the sake of all of us, and particularly for my son, God will help us. 
Right? Amen. God will help us. Psalm 46, verse 1 and 2. My God is my strength and my refuge and ever-present help in times of need. Therefore, I will not be afraid. And we need to remember that God is not only with me, God also will help me. And number three, God loves me. You go to chapter 43 of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 43, first verse. But now this is what the Lord says, He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, fear not, for I have redeemed you, I have summoned you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Now pause for a moment. Notice, he's using this analogy of water, which overwhelms, and fire, which consumes. And God is saying, whatever is overwhelming you, or you think is consuming you, it won't. I'll be there for you. Verse 3, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead, since you are precious and honored in my sight. That's how God sees you. And because I love you, underline that there in verse 4, I will give men in exchange for you and people in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Now, verse 4 sounds a little confusing there, doesn't it, when it says that God's love is expressed by giving men in exchange for you and people in exchange for your life? Please note with me, these are ancient words of redemption. And the ultimate way that God expressed His love for us was through the redemption of the cross, whereby God said, I will give my son Jesus in exchange for you. That's the ultimate redemption where God offers His Son, Jesus Christ, on a cross to die for you and me, His righteousness for our sinfulness. It was the great exchange. And God demonstrated His love for us, Paul writes in Romans, by this, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's how much God loves us, that He exchanged His Son for us. And that our sin was placed on His Son on a cross, and that by His stripes, by His wounds, by His crucifixion, we are made whole, we're able to be forgiven. That is the ultimate expression of God's love and His plan of redemption for mankind. And you have to believe that and receive it in order for it to be appropriated in your life. And the reason that I mention this is because you will not know the deliverance from fear in your life until you first have Jesus in your life. You need a relationship with the living Savior so that you now have the Holy One, God Almighty, as your ultimate resource to lean on. Without Jesus, you are without hope. And there are a lot of people in this world who do not know Jesus, and how do they deal with their fears? Therapy and over-medication, often. And again, some of it is legitimately helped by those things. But many people are suffering under the weight and burden of fear, worry, and anxiety, oftentimes simply because they don't know the Prince of Peace who will give them the ultimate peace. You need Jesus. If you don't know Him already, you need Jesus. You need Him for your life. Not only to forgive you of your sins, but that you might have His peace. I want to leave you with a new acronym for fear. Because this is going to be now what you and I will pray. The old acronym is 
future events appear real. Your new acronym is my father eternal almighty reigns. And every time you lean on him, you can remind yourself, my father eternal almighty reigns, my father eternal almighty reigns. And you give your fear and your worry and your anxiety to the one who says to us, do not fear for I am with you and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's all we have for today's edition of Cornerstone Connection. If you'd like to listen to this message again in Isaiah, or if you'd like to explore other messages from Pastor Gary, just visit our website, cornerstoneconnection.cc. You can also download our mobile app to stay connected to the truth of God's Word everywhere you go. You'll find a link at our website along with more information about the church behind this ministry, Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet you. Come visit us. You'll find service times and more information about Cornerstone Chapel at cornerstoneconnection.cc. Is there anything happening in your life right now that we could be praying for? We'd be honored to do that for you. So please let us know. We love that we can interact with our listeners. Just send us a quick email and we'll get back to you soon. That email address is prayer at cornerstonechapel.net. That's prayer at cornerstonechapel.net. With that, our time with you has come to an end for today. So put a marker where we left off in Isaiah and make plans to join Pastor Gary next time. Thanks again for listening to today's teaching right here on Cornerstone Connection. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.